<clears throat> this week is not about me. It is about you. I'm gonna show you a good time. We're gonna drink a lot of good wine. We're gonna play some golf. We're gonna eat some great food and enjoy the scenery. And we're gonna send you off in style, Wolfram. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is, wait, you haven't seen? It's a show where we talk about movies and specifically we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, aka TV's Travis. This is episode number 257. And our movie this week is 2004's Sideways. And here to talk with me about it, because he hadn't seen it, it's Bobby Frankenberger. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing great, Travis. It's great to be back. It's been a long time. I We talked about another movie a long, long time ago, didn't we? We did. We, uh, you came on. I had you watch Highlander. That's right. Um, I knew that. I knew and... what we watched. I just thought, is it bad form to talk about talk about another movie in front of this movie? I don't no, know. <laughs> and, and and I took that and ran with it, and have been doing Highlander content ever since. So uh, that was that's right. Fun. But you, I take credit for never... that. Yes, it's all it's all your fault. Um, so you had never seen this movie before, but were you familiar no. with it at all? Uh, sideways. Yes, I knew about the, I knew of this movie. So, um, so I pretty, I pretty much going into this movie, didn't know hardly anything about it at all, except that I remember it came out when I was in college, um, hmm. and, uh, early in college, but it was not a movie. I remember it was not a movie for me. That's my thought though. It was not a movie for me. It was for my, it was a movie for my parents to watch, but okay. like not my parents, more like an upper class society version of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, that's this, these were all the thoughts in my head at the time sure. when it came out, right? So, um, um, and I I knew Paul Giamatti was in it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I had the sense that this movie was not targeted for me for some reason. Um, but I think I I've, I'm certain I've changed my mind now. I think I would have liked it if I had seen it at the time. So it. It was one of those that it came out. So Alexander Payne uh, directed this and he co-wrote it based off of uh, a book by Rex Pickett, um, which I didn't know until yeah. just this week that it was based on a book. I honestly hadn't hadn't known that. But I do remember well, it's this a funny thing. Out. Yeah, oh, it's ahead. a funny thing that because it was uh, I was reading a little bit about um, the background of it uh, mm-hmm. after I watched it. And the movie, the book uh, was alexander payne the the director he also did um what uh i just saw another one of his movies a long time ago um about schmidt so um yeah he uh so that, that's the director he was reading he was reading a manuscript of the novel before it was even published yeah and um on a on an airplane flight or something like that and and he's the story goes that when he landed he he immediately called his agent or whoever you call for these kinds of things and said we need to buy the rights for this move as a movie right away. Cause mm-hmm. I want to make it. And then they, they timed it to where the book came out like a month before the movie did. Um, yeah. So it was, it was kind of made in, in, in concert together, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Which is different. Like I've heard that type of thing happen one other time with um, 2001, a space odyssey. They were working on that movie and the novelization at the, the novel at the same time. Oh, wow. I, 
Yeah. Um, I didn't know and that either. So, yeah, and, and they're not the same. Like Arthur C. Clarke went a little different direction with the novel than Kubrick mm-hmm. went with the movie, um, which I thought was also pretty fascinating. And, you know, the book for this is there are changes um, from the book to the movie, as there always is in an adaptation. We'll kind of maybe touch on some of those. But Alexander Payne, uh, you mentioned, had done about Schmidt an election before this. Um, yeah. And he went on to do uh, Nebraska, which a lot of people really like. And then his latest one, The Holdovers, which I still haven't seen yet. And I'm mad at myself for not going to see it in the theater because it's Alexander Payne working with Paul Giamatti again. Because um, I, like you, yeah. I, I went into this. So I did see this in the theater in 2004. Um, and oh, wow. Okay. I literally, I, I honestly went solely because I saw Paul Giamatti was in the trailer. And at the time, um, I was a couple years, I was a few years out of high school um, in my early 20s. And I was like, you know what? I like Paul Giamatti. I got nothing else to do. I'll go check out this movie. And it's got Lowell from Wings in it. I love him. He's funny. <laughs> and I went and saw this and it was, it wasn't what I was expecting it to see, but I left the theater thinking that was really good. I really enjoyed yeah. it back then. And I was like one of eight people that saw it in my hometown. Like nobody, there was nobody in my theater to see this movie. Um, yeah, that's, that's, um, but it's kind of a cerebral movie, isn't it? Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, so, so it doesn't, it doesn't, I guess, necessarily surprise me that, that people wouldn't have been, but it does surprise me a little bit. Um, cause everybody saw all the movies in the theater back in the day. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah, this was, uh, this was also just one of those movies where it comes out in October. Um, and it's not really like mm, a, right, it's not sure. a, a, a fall movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Um, it was sort of put out as a, I mean, it's an award season movie. Um, and it did get a lot of uh, nominations. I um, mean, even won one Academy Award and a bunch of other awards. Although, which, which Academy Award did it win? I don't remember. It won for best uh, screenplay. Yes, that's right. That's right. Okay. Which well deserved. Um, yep. It won best screenplay. It was up for best director, uh, best picture. And Thomas Hayden Church and Virginia Madsen were up for acting, but somehow Paul Giamatti didn't get an Oscar nomination. So I don't I mean, know a lot about Oscar politics. All right. I don't ever follow the Oscars, yeah. but I hear people talk about people getting snubbed for Oscars. And does it feel like seeing his performance in this movie, it feels like if 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 I'm to understand what snubbing someone for an Oscar is, it's got to be this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he was an amazing actor in this movie, like fantastic. Oh my gosh, it was so good. So this was, I had first seen him a few years earlier in Howard Stern's Private Parts. That was okay. the first movie Paul Giamatti like ever was a thing to me. Um, he played just a hilarious character. Um, he was great in it. That movie is okay, but he was amazing. And I was like, boy, this guy's really funny. And then he'd pop up and stuff here and there. But when I saw this, that cemented, like, I will just watch him in stuff. It doesn't matter. He's one. He, he hits that list of just like his name is attached. Even if it's a tiny little thing, like I thought as poorly conceived of a character as Rhino was in the amazing Spider-Man too, you put Paul <laughs> Giamatti in there and it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to watch him because he sure. just, yeah. he always brings something to all of his movies. But this was the one where he's just so good throughout it because you believe him. 
front that's to back. the that's... whole thing about this movie um mm-hmm. if i'm to say sh- should we explain the the premise of the movie um because sh- I, I, yeah. I feel like i'm going to touch on different things and i don't want to i don't want to leave people hanging so sure so, so the the prep go ahead you go ahead yeah so sideways is a movie about a couple of friends going on a trip to california's wine country um it's mm-hmm. paul giamatti and thomas hayden church play miles and jack they were freshman roommates at uh was it uc santa barbara or something in college um yeah, yeah. miles is a eighth grade english teacher and aspiring author jack is a former television actor uh, turned kind of voiceover commercial actor now he's he's still acting but basically does he's effectively thomas hayden church at the time this movie was being made because uh, he yeah, has said that, that he would that that was uh yeah yeah um jack is getting married and so miles is taking him on effectively a bachelor party but it's just the two of them going for a week in wine country um but they're mm-hmm. also kind of going through midlife crisis at the same time both of them in different ways um and we mm-hmm. meet virginia madsen plays maya she's a waitress at a restaurant up there that they know um she and miles have a little bit of history but not much um miles is a, is divorced uh he'd been divorced for about two years and just super depressed he's a very depressed individual yeah. um and uh hilarity ensues i guess would be the way to put it hijinks happen uh some some just some interesting <laughs> Interesting things take place. Um, some of them seared into my memory forever, uh, which we'll definitely yeah, get to yeah. those. <laughs> um, but it's just a lot of it's it's a very uh, you mentioned cerebral. I think that's a good word for it. It's a, it's a very thought provoking movie about kind of going through mm-hmm. that midlife crisis and sort of finding yourself again, I think is is a lot of what I took from it uh, with some yeah, characters. My, that my thought when I was when I walked away from it. Yeah, when when I walked away from it, I thought this is sort of like it's almost like the real. Uh, it's like a coming of age movie for forty year olds. Yeah, yeah, in a <laughs> lot know, of ways. Like, like it's it feel it has that feeling of like discovering yourself, but you know, too late in life. <laughs> yeah, because Miles is, uh, you know, he wants to be an author. He's working on a manuscript for a book that he's hoping to get published, and you know, Jack is. Jack was a like soap star. He was on a soap opera. Mm-hmm. Like one of them, they, they name, name drop it, but I don't remember. But he was that. And now his career has kind of just become commercials and voiceover work, um, yeah. which is good work. And he clearly is doing okay. But at the same time, he's sort of going through a little bit of that crisis himself. And now he's looking at getting married. He doesn't know if that's the right thing. Meanwhile, Miles trying to get this book written and he had been married, was happy, lost her. They get divorced and he's been in this depression ever since. Yeah. And he doesn't know who he is anymore. And he, and it's, it's Paul Giamatti's ability to be s- charming, but not in a traditionally uh, charming sense. Um, like when you think of charming people, you think of like, you know, your George Clooney's or Jack in this movie is very charming. Sure. He's able to just worm his way in. Miles isn't a charming person necessarily. He can be, but his depression is so bad that he kind of can't get out of his own way. But there is something yeah, there. Yeah. You know, there he's there... um he's sort of a I would say he's he's char- 
charming isn't the word that I would use for him because I don't think I don't think that Miles is a likable character. Well, I think he's likable despite himself. Yes. Um he's he's like like he's not really built to be a likable person, but somehow you walk away from this movie liking him. You know what I mean? Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Because nobody in this are are like great people. They but yeah. what I like about that is they feel real in that sense. Cuz when yeah. we meet and, Miles and real realness realness is really sort of the the word I would really uh, use to describe this whole movie, because I think it's, this movie has a lot of things. It's a comedy, it's a romance. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's a, like I said, like a, it's, it's sort of a, a road trip movie, you know, yeah. but it's all of those things. It, you, you kind of feel like this is how all of, if this is how it would be to do those things in real life. Like yeah. it, it, you constantly think like, Oh, that conversation that they just had, is like a conversation I've had with my friend or, Oh, that attempt at being romantic that failed. Yeah. I've definitely had that experience before in my life. Um, sure. Yeah, exactly. So that was a thing. Like I, I remember first time watching this feeling, I very much identified with miles as a character in terms of, I wasn't a writer. I wasn't exactly him, but the way he felt about things that, mm-hmm. that insignificance he felt of like, I haven't, I'm, I'm this age, you know, I'm in my whatever late thirties, early forties, whatever he's supposed to be. And I haven't done anything yet. And I don't have a bunch of right. money. I don't have like a great career. I'm a teacher. I, you know, I'm teaching eighth grade. He doesn't look at that as being that great of a, a thing, even though teachers yeah. are amazing and, you know, should get all the praise. Um, but he feels like he's insignificant and hasn't done anything. And I understood that even at that point in my life, I've kind of gotten past that a little bit in terms of I'm not looking sure. for that, that large thing that I'm going to do now. Um, right. And that was what he had to sort of figure out is like, it's not about having a bunch of money or having this, uh, this big thing. It's about being comfortable with who you are. Right. And exactly. carving out that little piece of, of your life. So, yeah. And I think, I think one of the things about his character is as you're describing it, he's, he's not satisfied with where he is or the things he's done or even mm-hmm. where it seems like he's going. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be on this trajectory and he's kind of like desperately trying to, to change, to go in the place that he's always thought that he was trying to go, which is to be a published author and um and you know i said a minute ago that he's he's not built to be a likable character but you like him anyway and i think maybe that's the reason why he's so likable is because everything you see about him he's constantly doing things sabotaging himself or saying things like being a he's not constantly being a jerk he's not a jerk it's 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 kind of hard to describe why i say he's not really built to be a likable person it's just that but i think the reason he's not is because is the same reason why I feel like he is so easy to like is because every time you see that he's every flaw in him, you're like, Oh, but that's also like me. And so you have to either like him or, or, or acknowledge that you are not like, you know, you have, because you see so much of yourself in his character, or at least I did. Um, (laughs) you know, no, well, he's, he's relatable. It's relatable to be miles. At some point, we've all experienced mm-hmm. that at some point in our life where you're like, 
God, you know, I'm just right. not where I thought I would be. I don't have the the life or the things or the the status or whatever thing it is that I thought right. I would have at this point, you know. Um, and uh, so it makes him very relatable, which because he is he can be a bit of a jerk. Um, he's he's pretentious. Right. He's very he's yeah. a wine snob. Um, I mean, there's right. a scene right in the beginning of the movie. So they stop by to see his mom as they're leaving town. Um, right. And it's the day before her birthday. And, you know, he's kind of I mean, he's a bit selfish in the way like he doesn't want to stick around for her birthday. He doesn't want to see his sister. We don't get that backstory. So we have to kind of infer it like we're not explicitly told, you know, mm-hmm. oh, he, he has problems with his sister, but it's kind of dropped here and there. Um, sure. But the, at one point while they're eating dinner with his mom, he gets up to go use the bathroom and sneaks into a room and takes a bunch of cash from her, finds her like yeah. hidden cash right. and takes it. And then he's constantly getting these gut punches, uh, happening to him too. Like then minutes later in the movie, his mom's like, do you need money? And that you're like, as an audience, we're just like, <laughs> right. yeah, no, he does, but he is too proud to ask for it. <laughs> Instead, he'll steal it from right, him. right, um, right. So, you know, and that—that's the flaw. And like, you can you can relate to that. You can relate to that not wanting to ask. You might not, like, I might not go find my mom's stash of rolled up hundreds and take it. But like, I can relate to the <laughs> right. I don't want to ask her for that type of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's just, and and so and also his friendship we all have that friend jack is the other guy is his friend Mm -hmm. that he's going with right um Mm -hmm. i feel like everybody's got that friend who is who is always trying to do the things that you don't have the courage to do you know yep oh yeah (laughs) and so um it's it's i felt like the two of them together were one character in a way or or maybe a better way to put it is they are two halves of one act well-balanced person (laughs) yes yeah, because Jack is very uh, optimistic, especially for Miles. He's always trying to boost Miles up. He's, you know, throughout the movie, he's telling him, look, man, your book's going to get published. Like, I believe in it, even though he doesn't read it. Right. You know, Miles gives him a copy of the manuscript. He doesn't read it at all, but he still believes in his friend enough. And like, that was one of the things that I loved in this movie that works so well is Miles and Jack. It's a friendship that you can believe because they're not, perfect friends but they right. work for each other and there's a genuine like care between them right like right they do genuinely seem to care about each other um there there are moments when when uh jack is is trying his hardest to to get to cheer up miles he his whole motivate miles is trying to take his friend jack on this on this bachelor party week like you said take doing so it's so funny because every time you say the good thing he's doing it's also kind of kind of um kind of also reveals the 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 self-centered thing about each of these characters right like so so miles is taking his friend on this trip for ostensibly jack's bachelor you know party week trip that he wants to do but he's having him do all things that miles enjoys doing right yes which which but but jack as a good friend is going along with it and not really giving any sense that he's he's not planning to have a good time right he's going to give it a go um Mm -hmm. but jack also has his uh own motives for um and he doesn't make them keep them secret 
He's like, nope. I want to I want to get laid one more time before I have to get married, which there you also have a flawed character. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and then he also declares and this is the good like in his way, trying to be a good friend. He's like, and I want to pull you out of your depression and you're I'm going to find someone for you as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's like in their flaws, they have like and that's so again that's so like relatable and real like how many mm -hmm. how many people do you know where where someone starts attacking your friend for the the bad person that they are and you're like but also mm -hmm. he's not a like sometimes he's great you know it's like you feel like you want to do that for these people you know yeah <laughs> and they're like, doing no. it for each other yeah like jack is you know jack is self-centered and uh trying to get laid right before he gets married and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, he sees Miles and he just wants to make sure he's happy. And like they bring up uh, at one point, I really liked the line where Jack tells him like, because here's Miles pining over his ex-wife, Victoria. And mm -hmm. he's constantly upset and depressed about that. And at one point, Jack's like, yeah, but remember how small she would make you feel like he brings up yeah. the stuff that Victoria did that wasn't good for Miles. So to try and help Miles kind of right. like, look, it wasn't all the the rose colored glasses that you're seeing it as like it wasn't necessarily great. And he's trying to bring him out of that yeah. and, and get him back it's out. Funny. In the world. It's funny that you bring that particular line up to how do you remember how small she makes you feel? Because I do remember hearing that and thinking that's that's. Again, like that's something that I would appreciate a friend telling me rather than, you know, like the go to mm -hmm. thing is like oh well she was she was a terrible person you don't want her anyway but he's he's like saying like no no no, she was not good for you like yeah. he's he obviously has a very uh, he has some insight on the relationship and on who he is as a person it really goes to show that he is a very different person than miles but he is a good friend despite despite everything else you know yeah and and it kind of fits his character too, because as an actor, he would understand people and he would kind of understand That's that true. aspect yeah. of things without necessarily being like book smart, uh, analytical about it, but he would just sort of get it. And so, cause he, he does come off a little, you know, not, not always the sharpest tool in the shed, but he's got that insight and he's got that ability to read people. And so he understands them. Conversely, Miles is very studious and very much like the the intelligent side of thing. I mean, there's that scene with Miles and Maya where she mentions she's got a paper she's working on. And you see like mm -hmm. you see this instant change in Miles. All of a sudden he's he yeah. realizes she's she's smart, she's going to school, and that changes things for him uh, a little bit. So I just love yeah. all that kind of stuff that was going on, all these subtle moments that would happen in this movie um, between mm -hmm. the characters. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and Maya, we haven't even really talked about. Virginia Madsen right. uh, was great. Um, yeah. Again, all the, the acting in this movie is fantastic all around. So yeah. She, she not not also included, you know, fantastic. Her and, her and Sandra Oh. Uh, who mm -hmm. I believe at the time was married to um, Alexander Payne. I think they the were director, married at yeah. the time this was made. Um, she was great because she is that fun-loving, kind of more free-spirited person. It fits with Jack yeah. and what Jack's trying to do. And I love at, at the point, so they, 
Miles and Maya have met before because she works um, up in wine country and he's up there all the time. And when Jack meets her, he's like, dude, this is the girl for you. And he immediately notices how into him she is. And yeah, Miles, right. Miles being both oblivious and like purposefully not seeing it. Sort of like self. I think it, a lot of it has to do with the lack of self uh, esteem, you know, like he can't see, oh, yeah. he can't acknowledge that someone would recognize him as, as, as a worthwhile person, a person to want to be with. Right. Yeah. Yep. But Jack notices it right away. And then they meet Stephanie and like Jack's, taken with her immediately they're gonna have fun mm -hmm. for the week but there's that moment uh when it's revealed that miles and jack have to get back for their uh the rehearsal dinner and the wedding yeah. and it's the big blow-up moment where maya gets upset with him um where miles says you know she's like uh maya maya keeps going on like jack's been telling her he's in love with her he wants to move up here and buy a place and all this kind of stuff and and miles is like no i believe he honestly feels all of that like yeah he probably believes he all of those things he's saying because that's just jack jack is very uh like emotionally impulsive it feels yeah. like he just sort of goes wherever um yeah which i also find really interesting because it matches with you know those her him and stephanie just match and they make right. a good pairing for the time that they're together right up until she hits him with that motorcycle <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which, and if you notice, she's wearing a t-shirt with a peace sign on it. Oh, I did not notice that. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and she is just beating the brakes off him with a motorcycle helmet. So that's, that's very funny. One of the things about this movie that just tickles me is it's this great character study. And then there's these moments of just insanity that kind of, release the pressure release the tension of a scene and they're so yeah. funny um yeah there's a few of those uh but it and it works because our four main actors work so well and, and then all work so well together mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um i have uh like when they we get that that wonderful montage of just miles and jack going around hitting all the different wineries hanging yeah, yeah. out um, and then it ends on that hill um, overlooking the the vineyard. Yeah. When, uh, and he's taught, and Miles is, you know, he's reminiscing about his time with Victoria coming up there. And this, that's his ex-wife. This, yeah. this is his place for him. Yeah, his, his ex-wife. And that's when Jack drops the bomb. Uh, she got remarried. And it's like the scene yeah. gets really heavy all of a sudden because now, you know, he just walks back to the car and he's like, I'd like to go home, please. Like just instant ruin. This turned him 180 degrees. Right. And, uh, but then they take that and they give one of the funniest moments in this movie, which is where, you know, he's upset. He gets out of the car. He's yelling at Jack about talking about uh, all this stuff to Victoria behind his back without telling him. And then he just reaches in the back, grabs the bottle of wine while he's staring at Jack, rips the cork out, spits it, and then just takes off running down the hill. And yeah. I die every time I see that. It's so Paul Giamatti is so funny in that moment. The look on his yeah. face. And then his run, that kind of waddly run. And they yeah. really ran down that hill. And I can't, I cannot believe, because if you've ever run down a hill, like yeah. of any grade, you know how that goes. And well, not only that, but he was, if you, if you look, you can see him like t taking swigs from the bottle as he's <laughs> yeah. running down a steep hill. Like, 
<laughs> it's a, and, it is a very funny moment. And then he runs into the vineyard that they're walking, looking yep. at, right? Like, <laughs> and he makes it about maybe a quarter of a mile before it's just like, all right, I'm too tired. I'm out of shape. I yeah. can't do this anymore. Just chucks yeah. the bottle away. And, but like that, that moment, it's, it's this great dramatic moment. The tension is broken, but it's still there. It, it doesn't just, it doesn't take it away. It just gives you that moment of levity as this guy's just, you can tell how on the edge he is. Um, yeah, and it also does not betray the character, right? Like it's not levity nope. at the at the expense of the moment because it's just it's just a real visceral reaction of a person who's because up until that point in the movie he's been talking about his ex wife. Um, you you definitely get the sense that even though they're divorced and they've been divorced for two years, he definitely feels he wishes whether he believes it's possible or not. He does wish and hope that something could happen that they would yep. get back together. Um, you get you. And so there's that. And, and, and he's thinking about her constantly and all that kind of stuff. And then it's that moment is like, where it's like all of whatever tiny sliver of hope that he had about a time in his life when things were going right, because they clearly are not from his perspective going right, right now. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's very unhappy. And then that tiny sliver just gets stomped on when he's no finds out that because um, I think in that moment, not only does he find he finds out first that she's going to be coming to the to the wedding. And then it's like he almost kind of cracks and he's like, oh, no big deal. That's cool. I'll get to see her. Like, that's what you see, like in this in his head, he's thinking, um, yeah. I'll see her at the wedding. And then he's like, oh, but also she's married now. <laughs> right. um, and then and then it's all lost, you know, and then and then, yes the 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 writing and the directing of the movie is 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 brilliantly inserted into that moment all this slow tension buildup that you've been seeing about him as miles as a character and who he is in this this crappy part of his life that he's in it's like the rubber band gets to snap for a second you get to release mm -hmm. that tension when he just acts like a fool and runs down this hill and but but again it's not betraying his character he's just like He's just done. He's cracked. He's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do now. I'm angry and I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yep. And it happens again later on when, with his book. So we get to, we get to replay that same type of moment because now we've had yeah. later on in the movie, we've moved beyond the ex-wife thing. He's doing whatever. And then he's, but he's still concerned about the book. He hasn't heard from his agent. So he calls his agent and gets mm -hmm. the bad news of just like, and, and, you know, his book's not going to get picked up. And that's when he right. has that second freak out moment in the wine tasting in. I loved that place was called, uh, it was the one winery he didn't want to go to. It was like Frass Orchards or something like that. Or Frass, Frass Canyon. Yeah. Frass, Frass Canyon, Canyon, which uh, I read that Frass is um, insect dung is called Frass. Yeah, it's insect poop. It's called Frass. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a great subtle joke that like. I did. I definitely did not get that the first time I saw this movie. I didn't know what Frass was, but um, it's a winery that he hates. And then to go back in and just have that moment again, hilarious moment where he's he's asking for the the tasting, downs it, hit me again, trying to get the full pour, and then just grabs the bucket and pours it on himself. The the bucket that when you're tasting wine you spit into. So this is all like like yep. like oh. other people's backwashed wine. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's yes. just lost. And remember, this guy not only does he love wine, um, he loves wine enough that he does he detests having to go to this particular winery because yeah. they're they have terrible wine. And then he's you can tell he's lost it because because that person that character has decided to pick up this bucket of other people's spit out wine and then pour it into his mouth because they won't serve him any more wine um it's it is a hilarious moment but um but again the tension was that moment was earned in the writing mm -hmm. right because oh, yeah. the tension is built up you feel in the moment like you understand exactly why he is acting that way because again he's lost all hope that his his wife is ever gonna be a part of his life again or his ex-wife and all he has left is this book right mm -hmm. um that's all he has left in this miserable life of his and it's not just that that's all he has left the entire week and the and the potential for a relationship with maya that has been being put on him like Jack has managed to at this point in the movie has managed to make it so that that oh they did have a kind of a nice time and maybe they will get you know to spend some time together and him and Maya who he's been eyeing for a long time on all of his solo trips up to this area like he he really mm -hmm. likes this woman and but it's all been predicated on Jack told one little lie that just ratchets up the the tension yep. in this moment so much because Jack tells them all that miles book is getting published that it yeah. has been accepted to be published and and that little thing has created all this tension he's just hoping and praying that his book does get published because not only is it the only thing he has left but but it's it's like the lie that is uh the success of his his potential future dates or standing with maya hinges yep. on this lie that needs to become a reality now but and then he finds out whoop it's not going to happen so <laughs> yep that goes up in flames and he just loses mm. it and yeah. it's such a great moment and then it's followed up almost immediately by they get back to the hotel and uh there's uh stephanie and she now knows that um he's getting married and oh, that's yeah. when we get her clocking him with the and it's I, I was reminded of the the Simpsons moment where she's hitting him with the helmet over and over. It's like, stop, stop, he's already dead. Like you can't yeah. crush his face anymore. <laughs> just leave him be. Yeah. And then we just yeah. smash cut to them driving as he's holding the bloody towel on his face. You don't even like, get to see his face. He just has a nope. towel covered in blood and his shirt's all <laughs> and his the towel is completely covering his face. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. Um, and like, there's just, there's so many moments in this movie that are like that, where they, mm -hmm. they, they give you just what you need. Like even right at the end of the movie, the ending to this movie, I thought um, was kind of perfect for the movie that it was, Yeah, which was, you know, Miles has come to accept kind of where he's at in his life now because mm -hmm. early on he's the wine snob and when he and maya are talking he mentions his like prized bottle of wine he doesn't really have a wine collection right which is right. the funny thing he's like i never had the money for that but i have the one bottle and it was the 61 whatever it was um chalet I something i don't know yeah i i don't know enough about wine uh yeah <laughs> but apparently neither did paul giamatti like he said that he just faked all that 
Like it was all written in the script form and he went with it, but he didn't really know wine at the time. That's um, great. Yeah, I think I read that too. But And then I also read that that dinner together, the dinner scene where the four of them are at dinner together was mostly mm-hmm. improvised, which made me think, man, what a great improviser. You don't know anything about wine and you're improvising, right. talking all this about wine. That was That's great. So, but he mentions that to her and she's like, well, what are you waiting for? Why haven't you opened that yet? It's peaking. You're going to, you're going to miss that moment. And it's that, that great kind of microcosm of his life in a way, you know, it's the, it's the really smart script. So for him at the end to come to grips with that and actually open that bottle, fish it out and open Mm -hmm. it. And it's such a great scene when he does, where he goes to just this greasy burger joint with a burger and some onion rings and is drinking it out of a styrofoam cup. But that's the moment because he made, he was, he was waiting for the perfect moment to open that bottle. And that perfect moment is never going to happen. You have to create that perfect moment. And he kind of did by just having it by himself, but that was him realizing that realizing that waiting for it was just going to be waiting for it forever. And you but just I, took have to a, I, I had a different imp- interpretation of that. I think I agree on the the fact that he's drinking that bottle in that moment because I do agree that he he's realizing that that perfect moment is never going to happen. But I, f- I felt like he w- was not realizing that in a positive way. He was very much like, like, my life is terrible and it's never going to get any better. And so why am I holding on to this? And yeah, and I, I think, I think by the end of the movie, he does realize what you're saying though. I think, Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm, I got ahead of myself because you're right in the moment. He is like, well, there's no better time than now. I'm just going to drink this because it doesn't matter anymore. Um, but that's such a good moment followed up by, he gets the, the voicemail from her, the answering machine message from Maya Mm -hmm. and that's when he has the positive switch. If he's like, I'm going to go for it then because what, what does he have to lose? Uh, but I love, and I love him going through all of that. And then we end on him knocking on her door and that's when we cut. Like it's a perfect ending. I read some, uh, criticisms of the ending that people, Hmm. people saying that they didn't like the ending because they felt like you didn't get to see, a resolution to the character, but I, I liked that they didn't because the whole movie is all this tension and, and things getting worse and worse for him. You get to be left with a hopeful optimism about where he's going without, mm-hmm. and, and then so you get to make up where things are going in your own yeah. head. But, but I like when it's left open like that. And I do believe that there is an, there is an arc in this movie and, and the oh, for arc sure. is four miles. I think he goes from, from thinking that 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 the only way for his life to be worthwhile is is that he's got to get this book published because that's the secret to everything, right? It's the secret to mm-hmm. success, success. It's the secret to him feeling as a, a worthy as a person, and it's also this, uh, apparently also the secret to his relationship now because that's what it's <laughs> Maya thinks is is part of his, you know, all these things. Yep. Um, and then at the very end. One, she called, like you said, she, Maya, eventually calls him up and, and tells him, I read your book because he gave her a manuscript. I read your book and I liked it. And she she not only says, and again, it's a it's sort of like a good, 
um, uh, what do you call it? Like a, it's sort of like a full circle movement because at the beginning he asks if he asks Jack, his best friend, if he read the book. Yeah. And Jack tells him is lies to him and says, I read it. And it's clear that he didn't read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but now Maya's calling him and leaving him a message on the phone. And it's very clear that she did read it because she's, she's giving specific things and things that she liked about it and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's what, it's that moment where you you get the arc for him because it's like th- he, he realizes I don't need this published. This I wrote mm-hmm. something that one person I care about liked. Yes. And that's enough for me, you know. And yep. that's a really nice moment is when you realize he's like that's enough. That's all I that's what I need, you know. Yeah, and and that's a big reason why I love the way this ends because I don't need to know I don't need them to tell me what happened with Miles and Maya after the movie. Like after that point, yeah. I don't, I don't need that. That's a story for another time. That's not this story. This story ends with Miles deciding that it's good enough, that that's what he wants yeah. and he's going to go for it. And so I just right. really, cause I'm like you, I like that, that hint of uh, that hopeful optimism that it gives you after the entirety of what the movie was. And then give you that hopeful optimism and say, cool, maybe some stuff happened. Now, there was a follow-up novel written, but Alexander Payne has said he's not interested in making a, a movie of it, sure. um, which, I'm again, I'm fine with. But yeah, I, yeah. it was and, – and I love, too, like her voicemail to him about the book uh, mirrors and echoes the, the moment they have at Stephanie's house when they're sitting on the back porch and they're talking mm-hmm. about wine and why – Cause she asks him straight out, like, why do you like Pinot Noir so much? And the yeah, yeah. like, it's that soul of a writer that he's got as he's explaining why he likes it and what it is. That about whole the, scene the grape. is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, it's beautifully acted. The, mm-hmm. the it's, 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 oh, it's, I already used the word beautiful, but, uh, it's beautifully written. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's like, a it's, there's so much subtext and in, in, yeah. in that in that uh, in that monologue that first Miles gives and then is followed up by a monologue from Maya, um, and they're both telling each other about what they like about wine, but they're both at the same time because this is also a moment when they're sort of courting each other, I guess you know, like yeah. trying to feel each other out and, and figure out is this going anywhere? Are we gonna make out? Are we gonna you know what are we yep. gonna do? And um, and and so they're asking each other what they like about wine and they're telling each other that but they're definitely actually telling each other about themselves yes um and and it's so well done and that whole scene the whole dinner and the whole thing is is really well done because you can like the acting is fantastic you can feel the awkwardness of of them trying to 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 feel each other out and trying to get somewhere and then maybe saying the wrong thing and realizing it but not saying it and just kind of all this kind of stuff and it, it just so goes so well and and also it's such a great beautifully written scene but it's also the most heartbreaking scene to me in the movie when he he first doesn't seem to have the courage to to be receptive to her advances Mm-hmm. He gets up, goes to the bathroom, and then he works up the courage 
but then the moment's gone, right? He comes out and yep. he tries to kiss her and it's the most awkward and heartbreaking moment in the movie because it just it just fails, right? Oh. Yep. Oh, it's it's rough. <clears throat> and not only is that scene written that way, but then the direction of it and to keep the camera like him coming out of the bathroom and sort of mm-hmm. taking a second, stealing his resolve and then going to her to kiss mm-hmm. her. And the camera doesn't move. It doesn't follow. Yeah. We don't cut and follow it in. We don't get close. We stay back this kind of weird fly on the wall. We watch it. You're happen. watching it from the other room, right? Like you're yeah. watching it through mm-hmm. a doorway from the other room. And uh, it's just, it makes it all the more, the more awkward. Like you're kind of voyeuristically seeing them, them yeah. try this really intimate thing you know being vulnerable with each other and then and then it failing you know yeah and then he's got a you know that it moves on from there but it's just that is i'm with you that is my favorite like scene in this movie is this that whole Mm -hmm. really from kind of the start of dinner until that moment when they drive off um but especially when they get to her house and and all of that part yeah it's just it's just yeah so there's a lot of awkward done. tension the whole time with them talking to each other asking each other questions and it's again it's one i keep saying it that it's one it feels very real like this would this yeah. would be a real conversation that real people would have um when they were on a first date trying to get to know each other and awkwardly asking questions and and giving answers and wonder you can tell in the actors heads like you can feel that they're thinking after they give an answer to a question that somebody asks wondering did i say the right thing um is this you know all that kind of stuff it's 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 a very masterfully done sequence you know (laughs) and and it's a beautiful way to show people opening up in a way like Mm. without having to they're opening up about themselves very, very personally without it being about them at the same yeah. time. They're cause right. because of the subtext and sort of dancing around, it's just so, so wonderfully done. So I, I absolutely mm-hmm. adored that. Um, there's, there's so many great moments in this. And then like we get that kind of almost coda, not really a coda, but towards the end where everything's falling apart with Stephanie and Maya because they find out that Jack's getting married. And right. Jack's all depressed about that now. He's bummed out. He's got the broken nose. Uh, Miles is just a wreck. Um, and they decide to go get food. They go to whatever that place is, AJ something or uh, what the place that just had like the pound of two pounds of ribs on a plate. Like I've never seen a plate of that yeah. many ribs uh, <laughs> before. It was amazing. Um, And like, it feels like this should have been it almost feels like it should be a scene from the beginning of the movie, like when they first get there, but it's perfectly placed to have it towards the end. Um, because mm-hmm. it leads to, it leads to a moment that I will never ever forget in any movie, uh, ever. Um, <laughs> but after, so, so Jack starts hitting on the waitress cause she recognizes him and, uh, he yeah. ends up spending the night with her, <laughs> but when he shows up at the, uh, back at the motel at whatever it is, like 6 a.m., 5 a.m., and he's just naked standing outside yeah. the door, which apparently that was part of his audition. <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church, uh, when he was auditioning, he uh, yeah. stripped naked for the for the scene and then later found out none of the other actors did. Like, he was the only one to do that. 
which is just great. Uh, but he, he, he gets back and then it's like, Oh, I left my wallet. We got to go back and get it. It's like, Oh, come on. And I mean, miles of course is like, what? No, we're not going back there, but there, he can't really refuse, uh, Jack. He's just terrible at that. So, uh, they have to go back and get it. And MC Ganey is an actor who I have seen in a lot of things and you've probably seen him in plenty of other stuff. He's a character actor. He shows up a lot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I will never forget him in this movie because of the scene where miles goes to the house. They go to the house and miles is like, all right, fine. I'll go in. Uh, right. And he sneaks around back and gets inside. And again, this feels like how real does mm-hmm. all of this feel? Where he's it it does in a way because at first you're thinking like no you would never because you might think you I would never like sneak into somebody's house to do this but at the same time I empathize with Miles because I don't know if you, I don't know if you mentioned it the reason that Jack has to go back and the reason that he showed up naked at the motel room that they're they're staying at for the week is because mm-hmm. um, the waitress that he went home with to sleep with. Um, it was married. He finds out, and the yeah, husband yeah. comes home in the in the middle of them doing it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and he gets run out of the house, and he runs four kilometers is what they said, <laughs> <laughs> um, naked all the way back. Um, but anyway, so they have to go get the 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 wallet, like you said, right? So he um, uh, Miles is like. What am I, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to knock on the door and say, hey, my best friend who is just sleeping with your wife um, left his wallet here. Can I get it, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I totally believe that I would find every way to get that wallet back without having to talk to that husband. <laughs> yep. And then when you notice like the slider door is just slightly open, so you just, eh, I mean, the door was open. I just walked in. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then he's crawling on the floor trying to be quiet when he hears noises and he goes back there and hears the waitress and her husband just go into town on the bed. And it's like, it's almost like a weird kink thing they have. And uh, (laughs) he's just fascinated at first and he can't stop watching. But then he notices, of course, the wallet's in the bedroom on the dresser. Yeah. Uh, And I just, I love that. It's it's what we see and what we don't see that makes this even funnier because kind of like we didn't see Jack's face when he got hit by the uh, motorcycle helmet, mm-hmm. which made that even funnier to see yeah. Miles just get up, run into the room, and then we just cut to the outside of the house with Jack yeah. sitting in the car and Miles just comes sprinting out of the house and right behind him is MC Ganey, naked as a jaybird, running after yeah. him. Yeah, everything get, flopping around. Everything. <laughs> and then chasing him down the street. And it's just seared into my memories now. I cannot unsee what I saw there. He had a hat on. I do remember yes. that. <laughs> yeah, he had like a knit hat on. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess behind the scenes, they the the house that they were filming in had been a crack house. And it had oh, been wow. like seized by the police a few weeks beforehand. Oh. And location scouts found out about it and so they didn't do anything to the inside of the house they just left yeah, it and it was a, a terrible way. mess inside there yeah um and then on top of that they uh they had closed off the street to film that scene of him <laughs> running out of the house 
and they had to like tell everybody to stay inside. And I just have to imagine if you lived on that street and you look out and there's just, cause MC Ganey is not a small man. Like he is like six yeah. foot four, you know, he's a big, big dude, just running naked down the street. <laughs> <laughs> just something i won't forget i can't That's help it no matter funny. what i see him you know um but it's it's, it's a hilarious go, moment yeah it is a very funny moment it's it's like we were saying one of those rubber band moments to release yes. some tension right but um mm -hmm. i want to go back to when he was uh when he showed up naked in the and was pleading with miles to go get the wallet yeah that scene also is when i the moment when i had a realization that i thought this movie's about i think a, a few things um i think it's about friendship i think it's about depression um but i think that's the moment when i realized that this movie is also about addiction um yeah. and uh miles whether it's said or not miles clearly has a drinking problem um yep and uh, and his friend Jack clearly has maybe I don't know if you could fully call. I'm not trying to diagnose anybody, <laughs> but sure, uh, sure. he clearly you could you maybe he has an addiction to either sex or to this uh, feeling of of new excitingness or something like that. He can't help it mm -hmm. because he when Miles says, I, I'm not going to go. It's fine. Your wallet is fine. People's wallets get stolen. That's the story we'll tell um jack breaks down into tears he's like in a like like bawling saying i can't lose victoria like his wife that he's been oh yeah sleeping around on yep. this whole week yeah. um he's he's clearly does want to be with her um but he can't help himself on this week out doing these things he can't help himself yeah. with these women um and I thought that that was a really powerful scene too. Just seeing him, it was—it's sort of funny seeing him blubbering a bit, but like, but as the crying goes on, you realize, oh, this really isn't funny. This is like he really is—he really is feeling this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's why like Miles saying a couple scenes before that to Maya, like, no, I think he believes everything he's told Stephanie this whole week. You right. can buy that. Like Jack believes all this stuff. He just like he can't he can't see too far beyond where he is. And yeah. so I think that's a big part of it, right? Is like he's he's just inside the moment so much, uh, to his detriment at times. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really powerful scene. And also a really the that scene in the hotel room is really funny because mentioning yeah. the ostriches. <laughs> Oh yeah, I might have clipped some run, audio. He had to from run that. naked through a, a an ostrich farm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, I love. I did I did capture a few clips. This movie is very quotable, very funny mm -hmm, um, for sure. And uh, and and it's just it's just great. Um, I actually I want to I got to play a few of these. These some of these are too good. Yeah, let's to. do it. Um, so in the scene we we're talking about, uh, Jack comes in and he wants the Vicodin and he's talking to him and. Miles is like, wait, you, you walked from there. He's like, well, ran. Um, and <laughs> it's five clicks. That's what he says. He's like, that's, it's like five clicks. And he goes, and they write it's five clicks. At one point I had to cut through an ostrich farm. These <laughs> <laughs> were mean. <laughs> they were mean. <laughs> and yeah, I love too. like, 
if you're paying attention, they sort of hint that there are ostriches around here earlier in the movie when, uh, yeah, when they're, they're at do. one of the restaurants and Miles says, you know, have the, it's like an ostrich burger or ostrich filet or mm-hmm. something. And I just thought that was a funny payoff to that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's also in the, it's also in the montage that you mentioned earlier where they're going around oh, right. doing stuff. They, they visited an ostrich farm and, mm-hmm. and, and I guess, cause that's all you see is the ostriches. So it's, um, they must've visited an ostrich farm. Yeah. Um, I played a clip at the beginning of the episode, uh, of them right before they leave. So this is, they're in a diner having breakfast the morning after, uh, they, he stole money from his mom and they, they leave her sleeping on the couch. Um, cause he doesn't mm-hmm. want to spend any time with them. And I played, you know, miles being like, Oh, it's going to be a great week. I'm going to, we're going to drink some great wine. We'll play golf, which my, I don't know why miles wants to play golf. Cause he's terrible at it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, all of that. And then it, and, uh, and then it ends with Jack telling him and get your bones smudged. And I just, that was too funny <laughs> to not capture that. Cause That's just great. Yeah. the euphemisms Jack used killed me throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, there late, there's later a scene where he says something similar when they're walking past, uh, uh, oh, a man yeah, and his yeah. son and a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> they're just ca- that's a really funny moment they're just casually and he says something about like uh like uh, you need to get her <laughs> it's so it's it's so weird. crass but yeah you need to get her box squeezed around your johnson or something like that but it's a uh, but uh he um it, it, he says it right as they're walking by like a a, a father and his son and his son <laughs> and the father's like could you keep it down yeah <laughs> um this was one I related to back then and now. Um, it's when uh, Jack is asking Miles about, hey, are you still seeing that shrink? And he's like, yeah. Are you still seeing that shrink? I saw him on Monday. I spent most of the time helping him with his computer. And it's like, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> you'll always get me with that joke. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it happens. Yeah. Um, this is like, and we talked about how Jack, Jack is kind of like, positive almost to a fault in some ways especially with miles mm-hmm. like he's constantly trying to build him up but um like this one was uh when they're having dinner with miles mom and she brings up his ex um and how you know they should get back together something along those lines but it's just the exchange sure. and this is one of those again this is one of those great acting moments from from giamatti um and i just like this line I just got divorced, Phyllis. Two years ago, buddy. Like, he's all dour. I just got divorced. Just got divorced. And there's Jeff. Yeah. It was two years ago there, bud. Like, come on. <laughs> time, to, time to move on from that. Um, I loved it. Uh, I like this uh, because this is a turn of phrase that I don't know that I've ever heard, but I've certainly done. Um when they're, they're having dinner, uh, the four of them and miles gets up and goes to the bathroom and then he calls Victoria yeah. from the payphone there. Um, and when he gets back and he sits down and he's still upset and like, I like Stephanie catches onto that real quick. And that's why she just looks over at mine's like, let's go to the bathroom and they get up and leave. And immediately mm-hmm. Jack's like, what is wrong with you? And he asks him, did you drink and dial? Did you drink and <laughs> did dial? You drink and dial? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. Cause we've all yeah. done that one. That's a mistake yeah. we've all made. Um, 
So yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Uh, let's see. Oh, so Miles is the wine snob, right? And he's teaching mm-hmm. him how to taste wine. So they're yeah. sitting there that, that first uh, vineyard they go to and they're there. He's showing them how to, you know, how to look at it and how to, how to sip it and smell it and all that. And then it just ends with, are you chewing gum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I li- I went back and listened to that again when it happened because I was, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh, um, this one. Oh, we meet Jack's uh, fiance and her parents early on at, at their house. Um, when miles goes over there to pick him up and it was just, I just liked this exchange because here's miles. He's an, uh, he wants to be an author. He's writing a book. Right. And her dad, um, who he's clearly got some kind of a relationship with, he's met them before they, they like him. And her dad is like, well, is it fiction or nonfiction? And he tells him it's a, it's a novel, it's a fiction novel, but there's, you know, kind of nonfiction cause it's sort of based on my life. And it was just, right. I like nonfiction. There's so much to know about this world. I think you read something. Somebody just invented it. Waste of time. It's an interesting perspective. <laughs> so good that's such a good response to that it's an interesting perspective and meanwhile you can yeah. just tell miles is like you are i hate you so much right now <laughs> uh, um uh there's so, like again paul giamatti is just so good in this when they're when they get to his mom's house they go inside and she's in her you know nightgown or whatever and uh, mm-hmm. says, well, sit there. Let me go put on my face. And she starts heading upstairs. And you just hear her call back down uh, if they're hungry. Yeah. You know, like, like, a, like a mom will do. And it's just. Just a snack. It's like, yeah, I'm hungry. It's just a snack. And they end up with like a full meal. Right. Uh, right. But also the whole time, Jack, uh, before they even get there is like, why are we stopping at your mom's house? Right. And he's like, it's only going to be for a minute. I'm just going to stop in and I'm going to give her some flowers and say happy birthday. And then we're leaving. Um, yep. And then they end up staying the night. That's uh... <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. Let's see. This is, I labeled this one explain. I, I don't know what that means. I don't remember. This is bad. I'm starting to forget <laughs> what I record, uh, but here we go. Explain. Explain the situation. Yes, excuse me, sir. My friend was the one bawling your wife a couple hours ago. Really sorry. He seems to have left his wallet behind. I was wondering if I could come in and just poke around. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Oh, That's Christ good. Sake. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. again, it's completely within character for Miles to be like that and Jack to be like, no, that's great. Do that. Um, yeah, like he thinks that Miles is actually uh, workshopping what yeah. he's really going to say, right? <laughs> Mind if I just poke around in there for a few minutes? Um, here's another great one. You dick. Why do you have to focus on the negative? That's that's Jack in yeah. a nutshell. Why do you have to focus mm-hmm. on the negative? Um, yeah. But at the same time, like, I just, I love their relationship because we've talked about it, but it's it feels like a real friendship. Cause they yeah. really do care about each other. Yeah. Like Jack really just wants miles to lighten up and he knows he can be fun. I mean, he, he tells him at one point, you know, be your normal funny self. Um, yeah. don't be this guy you've become. So, yeah, it feels like a friendship that, um, 
that is as as unconditional as it gets right because they they clearly yeah. are like pissing each other off all the time and and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff and telling each other how it is and and all that kind of stuff so uh, it is good yeah um uh, oh this was right before um the uh the moment where paul giamatti is um where miles is you know doing the whole hey do you I'm going to go up to the door and knock on it type of thing. Uh, he asks what the plan is when they pull up in front of the house. And it's just, you go. Yep. Me? You go. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good reaction. And I didn't capture it, yeah. but right after that, at, right after Miles is like, me? It's just Jack being like, well, my ankle, it still hurts. Because yeah. he twisted <laughs> his ankle running back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. It's just that that whole scene in the car before he tries to sneak into the house is is just epic level of writing and delivery. Mm-hmm. The delivery of everything yeah. is so spot on. Yeah. Um, see, this one's just that must. I think I remember what this is, but here we go. Yeah, that must be it. That's early on um, when they're driving. And it's it's around the time he's asking him about the book. Oh, and that, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> when he explains why he hasn't or read or, yeah. Yeah. He was, and he was trying to say like he had, re- he was trying to convince him that he had read it when he clearly hadn't. And then he's, he's, uh, gives him all these excuses for yep. why he, he just said, cause, cause Miles is fishing out yes. whether he actually read it, asking him all these questions like, did you like how I changed the ending when he didn't actually <laughs> change the ending? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, the ending was great. And he says, but I didn't change the ending. And then Jack is like, says something along the lines of, oh, well, it, it must have just seemed like you changed it because all the other things you did change yes. <laughs> made it feel so different or something like that. And that's when he says, like, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> that must be it. And, and it's, in the movie, it's even better because it's the look on his face as he says it. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> perfect. Um, and finally, yeah. writer is what this one is. Uh, so here we go. Hey, what should I wear? I don't know, something casual but nice. They think you're a writer. That's what it was. They think you're a writer. <laughs> like like it's a lie, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Jack's fully leaning into that. Um yeah. oh, there there are two more. Uh I love capturing laughs um in movies. Uh mm-hmm. whether they're the like I love the kind of overly fake laughs that you get from actors. Yeah. Um, whether, whether they're on purpose, crazy, like a Nick cage type laugh, um, or they're just a really good belly laugh. Uh, and Paul Giamatti, when, when he finds out that, uh, that Jack has run back naked from this guy's house at five o'clock in the morning and he just starts laughing and it's just so good. (laughs) Like just this, it's almost a joker like giggle. Um, Yeah, yeah. And just and one more was Woo! <laughs> the wheezing is what does it on that one. Yeah. And the final the final audio clip, because there was no way I wasn't going to capture the sound that Jack makes when Stephanie says, well, we go back to my place. I've got some weird cheese and music and all that. And. I saw a bunch of outtakes of that scene is because they did a lot of improv there and all the different mm-hmm. things that he would do before turning to call for the waiter. But this, this sound was too good. And I'm glad they went with it in the movie. And it was, it was this. 
I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a cat meow, but not. Yeah, kind of Toga. like, you know, he's trying to be yeah. playful with Stephanie and <laughs> he's clearly yep. overexcited about this this <laughs> development. <laughs> yep. So I have that and now I will keep it. <laughs> and have that on the soundboard forever. I may have to turn that into an alert noise. That's too good not to have. Um, that is a good one. Yeah, this movie, if you haven't seen it before, I don't know. It's not streaming anywhere currently, I don't think, on any services. At least no, it, no I rented it on Apple, Apple, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I do think that um, it may find its way out there when the holdover, with the holdovers kind of being a thing again, um, mm, as it's hit streaming point. services. I'm kind of hoping anyway. Uh, but even if it's not on a service, it's well worth renting. Um, in fact, it is. you can buy it on Amazon for $5. You can buy it for, yep. uh, or you can rent it for four. But I think it's a movie that I think more people should see because it's just a really interesting character study. And it shows you can do something very funny and very heartwarming and very, uh, while also being just very real, something that's very relatable yep. and real. So and it absolutely holds up too. It's uh, it's mm -hmm. not one of these older movies. You know, it was made um twenty years ago. It's not one of these older movies that that uh that really shows its age and that it was made in a different time. They're out in wine country, just going around and drinking yep. wine and and hanging out with people. And and the the only thing that really betrays its age is that they have flip phones instead of you know smartphones. Right. Um, and that but, they don't uh, all have it definitely. Phones. Right. Exactly. Using yeah. Like they use a payphone at one at one point and mm -hmm. and uh so but it it definitely holds up. And I have to say, Travis, this um it's I I really feel like this is the first movie I've seen in a really long time that was not like like a Marvel movie. <laughs> 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 and it, it, it kind of struck me that wow, I forgot that that movies are actually good. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and um, good and, and they can uh, just be small like they can just be this little thing yeah. talking about a couple of characters you know a couple a couple of friends yeah, you going keep to calling it a character study and i think that that's a fantastic description of it because it is just um it is just a a beautiful study of of people real people and and the way that they interact and deal with with things that are going on inside of them and the actors mm -hmm. just do a really fantastic job of showing you everything that's that that is going on inside their heads and and um it's it it really is a i was surprised to um i guess i shouldn't have been ever it's it's a popular movie and people talk about it a lot for a reason but i but i wasn't expecting it to like i wasn't expecting to like it so much yeah it, it's one of those that like you said it's kind of it wasn't aimed at you at the time it came out necessarily. It certainly wouldn't yeah. have been something marketed for, you know, the, the, the younger crowd at that point. But when you watch it, there's a lot to take away from it. And I think it also is rewatchable because you can see new things every time you see it. You know, um, cause I love yeah. escapist cinema. I love Marvel stuff or, or, you know, sure. sci-fi stuff where you can just go somewhere completely new. But I also really like when I can watch a movie that's just grounded and just gives you that little slice of life. 
and you can just kind of yeah. sit with some characters because when it's well written and well well acted and well directed, it's a joy to watch. Whatever the subject matter may be, Absolutely. I'm not. I mean, I'm not a wine person, yeah. uh, and, but I understand. Like, I don't need to be because the character of Miles is, and so he can kind of yeah. give you that. Um, this movie also actually had a real world effect on wine. I don't know if you read that or not. I've, I um, heard that. I did. <laughs> yeah. Like sales of Merlot went way down and uh, sales of Pinot Noir went way up because of this movie. Um, they yeah, call because it the he's way effect. into Pinot Noir. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's way into Pinot Noir, always talking about it. There's a, that whole th- scene that we said was our favorite, one of our favorite scenes. He's talking about Pinot Noir, but then there's that line that, that throwaway line that's almost everybody's favorite line whenever I read been reading about this, which is the he yells before they're gonna go in to see those women for the first time. He says, If anybody orders Merlot, I'm getting the F out of here. Yep. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, um no, this is a fantastic movie. And and I also kind of like when a movie has a title that sort of feels like it doesn't make sense and they never explain it. Um mm-hmm. Because sideways is just like a, another term for getting drunk. You get sideways. Right. Um, yeah. But I like that it's never like a thing in the movie. Because I remember right. the first time I saw it, I'm like, I don't get why it's called sideways. But sure, whatever. I had a good time. But And it makes sense when you learn about that. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, no. They spend a lot of time sideways in this movie. I read an interpretation of the of the title also. I can't take credit for this, but I do know it. I am a bit of a wine person. uh and so I know that um, the interpretation I read was that bottles of wine are are stored sideways, and the symbolism there was that um, that they're stored sideways so that over time, as they age, they can grow and develop um, hmm. as wines. And so it's kind of like that's what you're watching these characters do, right? Is yeah, all this time. So it's, that's uh, cool. It's I didn't think about that, and. I, as, as not a wine person, but I do appreciate, uh, a lot of it. And I, and I appreciate the, the art of, you know, getting into wine and tasting it and seeing all the differences to it. Because for me, it's wine is like beer and craft beer, or it's like, uh, vinegars, uh, obviously coming from wine, all those different things where there's all those subtle differences and you can really dive into it. I love geeky habits like that and hobbies and wine is one of them. Yeah. Um, so it's just yeah. cool to have a, a movie kind of dive into that because it's not a subject that normally pops up in a movie. Cause like you said, it's a, we usually get the big bombastic stuff and this, this isn't that. So, yeah, <laughs> um, it definitely isn't that I'm, I'm laughing because, because for the first part of the movie, I, uh, I was not sure that I was going to enjoy it. Cause I was like, is this going to be boring? Um, <laughs> um, but uh but it wasn't uh, like i said i am a bit of a wine pr- i love wine i've been to a few mm-hmm. wine tastings and there was a line in the movie that i th- thought was very funny and and so i say this because you said um that you don't have to be into wine to like this movie and that's absolutely true you don't have to um it's it's definitely sort of like marketed as a wine movie but but it's 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 not it's just part of his character right um but I think there are moments in the movie that you absolutely will appreciate 
a lot if you if you do like wine and if you have been to wine tastings or you know a bit about mm -hmm. wine there's one he's he's reminiscing and he's talking about his wife remember you were saying they they're overlooking the vineyard and it's before yeah. he runs down the hill and finds out that his wife is remarried he's reminiscing about that spot that they used to picnic at that they're sitting at and and he says something he's he's talking about how much he he loves his ex-wife and how great of a of a person she was and it's talking about how how much of a refined palate she had but she was also yep. just this great person who just goes with things and 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 there's a line in there he says um we were having oh we were having such and such wine with smoked salmon and artichokes but we didn't care and I yeah thought, yeah <laughs> i thought that's hilarious because every time you go to a wine tasting they're talking about all the different meats and cheeses and things yep. and fruits and and foods that you're supposed to pair with different wines and he's like we were having it with smoked salmon and artichokes but we didn't care you know yeah <laughs> it's like we were throwing caution to the wind <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah i i do live yeah. in an area um that has a lot of wine um the the part of michigan that i live in is very similar spring and summer climates to uh wine country in california so we have ridiculous number of wineries um around here and i've actually uh i've actually taken people on wine tours um i haven't i've done a few tastings here and there but i'm usually the driver yeah. i usually end up being yeah. that guy because uh, i did it mm -hmm. professionally for a little while i was a, a cab driver and our company did wine tours but then i have some friends of mine that like to go once a year and they'll call me up and be like hey you want to drive us around uh to the wineries and i'm like it's you know it's an excuse to hang out with my friends for an afternoon sure i don't i don't care so i've been around enough of that that i was able to um appreciate a lot more in this movie than than i probably would have without living where i do so that that helps as well sure yeah um mm -hmm. i'm really glad you got to watch this uh have you are have you been a fan of uh, Payne's other movies? Um, have you seen any of them, like Election? You, you mentioned about Schmidt, so it sounds like maybe maybe you have seen. That's that the one. only one. I looked up a list of all the the movies that that okay. he's directed, and about Schmidt, I think is the only one that I've that I've seen. And I really liked that. And I remember when it came out, it being one of those movies that either you loved it or you hated it. And I definitely yeah. was in the camp that loved it. So. If 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 all his movies are kind of like this and that, then I think I I might seek out some more. Yeah, and the holdovers is getting all sorts of great press and uh, ratings and things right now, and that's the newest one that's got Paul Giamatti, where um, mm. he's a he's a teacher at a school with um, kids that uh, stay or a kid that stays during like Christmas break. Um, I'm really oh yeah really okay. interested to see that one again because Paul Giamatti. Yeah. I'll I love Paul Giamatti, time. so yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, this has been awesome. So thank you so much for coming. It's been way too long since you've been on, but in that time, yeah, I think, for sure. I think last time you were on, you were just starting your podcast. I want to say, or it was like you hadn't, I don't know if you had started it yet or not. How long have you been doing that now? And what is the show? Let remind people of that. We are on episode 183 of my science podcast, All Around Science. Um, my, I say we, my co-host is, uh, her name is Maura, and she, um, she gets her science chops, honestly. She's the director of a science uh, center in Canada, and, um, and I don't get mine, honestly. I just love science a lot, <laughs> but we both, love, <laughs> we both love science quite a bit, and so we get on every week and we talk about uh, what you know, a little bit of news of what's going on in science, and then just whatever we thought that week 
was really interesting. You know, maybe it's something in the news. Maybe it's just something that we are really geeking out about and decided that we, you know how, you know how science geeks, they just have to tell you things yep. that they've learned. Right. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what we do every week. That's <laughs> excellent. All yeah. around science. It's a good show. All I around science. Yeah, thank you. Um, and are you still doing the diary of a student pilot or did you end that? No, I actually, um, I, the episodes are still out there. You can find them. Um, but mm-hmm. I, but I stopped doing that. I was, uh, I was talking about flying, uh, while I was learning how to fly and it just got hard to, to keep <laughs> up with. <so. laughs> it's understandable. It's understandable. Um, yeah. but definitely check out all around science and, um, and if you want to hear some diaries of learning how to fly, there's, there's a few of those out there too, but Bobby, thank you so much for being here. I'm not going to, it's not going to be another three or four years before you're back. That's for sure. We're going to get you back. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to, we're going to get to hang out here in a couple of months. We'll be in uh, Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to see you again. Um, I can't wait to see you either. It's going to be, it's going to be a blast. Uh, now Mm -hmm. if you like hanging out, uh, and watching this show live, you can do that on Sunday nights, eight o'clock, uh, Eastern time at twitch.tv slash TV's Travis. Um, or if uh, live isn't your thing, it's out as a podcast, uh, Wednesdays, anywhere you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Um, so you can check that out at, uh, just search for wait. You haven't seen, um, look for at TV's Travis on YouTube, or just go to TV's Travis.com. Uh, you can find everything there, including the Patreon, um, and links to merchandise and stuff like that. Patreon.com slash W Y H S next week. I've got J Funktastic coming back. Uh, we're going to go in a completely different direction from sideways. We're going to, this was sideways was a wonderful character study, a very small film. Um, it felt very relatable next week. We're talking about roadhouse. So <laughs> that's going to be, we're going to, we're going to go in a polar opposite direction and I can't wait. Cause Jay's never seen roadhouse, which mm. surprises me given what I know about him. But, uh, with the new, with the remake coming out soon with Jake Gyllenhaal, um, I can't wait. So that's going to be next week talking, uh, roadhouse. Um, I may, have to play the Peter Griffin Roadhouse a few times. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But Bobby, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, We'll do this again sometime soon. And until next week, and until Roadhouse, just remember to enjoy your movies and be excellent to each other. There's been weight you haven't seen. drink Merlot? We're drinking Merlot. No, if anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot! (laughs) Oh, I love that. It's so good. It is, yeah. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.